Hello, I'm Paul Cuddehy and welcome to this special Read All About It podcast series, The 12 Days of Bookless. Do you see what I did there? And here's what you can look forward to. 12 days, 12 guests and a whole host of great book recommendations as each guest chooses their favourite fiction and non-fiction read of 2020. Well, I also choose a book I've enjoyed reading this year. So listen, enjoy, subscribe and spread the word about this special Read All About It podcast series. Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of the 12 Days of Bookmas and my guest on this episode is Stephen Keady, a writer from Manchester. Stephen, this is your third appearance on the Read All About It podcast in various guises and before we started recording I did mention to you that unlike other programmes there is no prize for having a third appearance but it's good to have you back. It's just nice to complete the trilogy. One of the things that uh, you know, obviously when I had this idea for the 12 Days of Bookmas and, you know, each guest would choose their favourite non-fiction and fiction read of 2020. And I remembered that when we had the initial chat on the Read All About the podcast, you did mention about your reading habits of two fiction books and then a non-fiction book. So you like to, you like to vary your reading, your subject matter throughout the course of the year anyway. Yeah, that's right. So I tend to do, as I said to you previously, I tend to do two fiction and then a non-fiction and I try and vary the, the fiction between crime and non-crime it doesn't always work like that but that's the way I tend to do it although I have to admit recently I've started to think maybe I need to scrap that because I've now got 30 unread books on my shelf and I just I think I feel like I just need to blast through them as opposed to having the pattern but yeah that's that's the way I've done my reading this year anyway so uh, it certainly fits with what we're going to talk about. Because I, I, I'm, I'm the same as you I've got and predominantly through doing this podcast the amount of book recommendations people have recommended or guests who have written books as well and in terms of the 12 days of bookmas if we start with your non-fiction book that you've chosen and it's a book called my midsummer morning rediscovering a life of adventure by alistair humphreys and what was it about this book that has stayed with you i don't know if you know of alistair humphreys generally but his job title is he's an adventurer and that's actually on his business card i've read a lot of his books over the years he's a really fascinating guy who when he was in his 20s, he gave up on a career in teaching because he wanted to live this life of, of adventure. He cycled around the world for four years and wrote two books about that, Thunder and Sunshine and yeah, Moods of Future Joy. One is his trip from Yorkshire to South Africa, and then one is all the way up the Americas across Russia and home. And I re- that's how I discovered him, through reading those two books and sort of followed him on social media over the years. And he's written numerous books about adventures, one about walking across India, and recently through having a family and two young kids, his ability to be able to go and do these giant adventures has reduced dramatically. He wrote a book called Micro Adventures, which was about how the spirit of adventure can be found in people's local area or doing things that maybe real adventurers wouldn't consider an adventure but actually for some people going to spend the night sleeping on a hill for example is a big deal and actually you can still have those feelings of escape of you know normal life if you like so he wrote this book about it and I've always followed him and I've read everything's written because I just find him fascinating but I didn't really know a lot about his personal life and I think I don't know if he's purposely kept that separate from his work which is understandable and he wrote My Midsummer Morning Uh, I think it came out in 2019, the paperback version came out this year. And it's the story of his, he went to Spain for a month and he followed in the footsteps of uh, Laurie Lee's book, As I Walked Out One Minute Morning. So 
which I know has come up on your podcast a few times, actually. His idea was to do what Laurie Lee did, which was to busk across Spain with a violin, earn his money for food through playing uh, and walk across Spain. But he couldn't play violin. So eight months before um, leaving, he got a violin teacher, learned as much as he could in eight months, and then he left. I have to admit, I was expecting just the book about him walking across Spain and what the day-to-day was like and this adventure, and which would have been great because he's, he's really good at writing those types of books. But it's the first book of his I've read where he's really gone into detail about his personal life and how the nature of what he does for a living and how he wants to live his life has impacted his family, particularly his wife, his children, how his ability to not be able to go away on these big adventures affects his mood uh, and affects the type of person that he is. So the rediscovering a life of adventure comes from the fact that as a family, they discussed that he could probably go away for a month and they could make that work, but anything longer would be more difficult. I think I read it, I mean, reading it in lockdown has probably emphasised the feelings a little bit more, but I read it at a time where, I mean, I'm 38 and my kids are eight and six. So you spend a lot of time thinking about the balance between work and having enough time for yourself to feel good about life and therefore being able to, you know, put good energy into being a parent and spending quality time with the kids and are you spending enough time with them and are you spending enough time on yourself, etc. And as I said, those feelings are probably highlighted by the fact that we've all lived in lockdown for now eight months. The reason I enjoyed it so much was I was just expecting a standard adventure book about walking across Spain and I got a real insight into this guy that I've been quite fascinated with over the years anyway. Just really almost blew me away about, oh, actually, he's been a lot more honest than I was expecting. And it's really interesting to get an insight into somebody who, via social media, looks like they've got a really interesting life that's kind of sorted. And you think, oh, wow, what a job. He's, he's writing books for a living and he's climbing trees and lives in, you know, works in this shed at the end of his garden and he's doing big conferences and sleeping on hills before it. And it just looks like anything, oh, actually, it's really interesting to hear the other side that actually he's also got to find the balance between doing that and family life like everybody else has. And it doesn't, not everybody's going to go and sleep on hills or cycle around the world, but even finding time to do things like write or run or, or whatever we need to fit into normal life. It was just interesting to get an insight into somebody else's version of that. I thought it was really, it's a really good read. You know, the very fact that he gets a month off, I, I think he's, he's obviously got a very uh, understanding partner. I, I think that other book that you were talking about of people finding adventure closer to home, which would probably resonate with a lot of people who don't have the luxury of being able to take four weeks, six weeks off, even to travel around Spain, particularly in this, in this current time when our, our own kind of our ability to travel has been restricted. I think that's, that's quite an interesting thing. Um, it's interesting that the Laurie Lee book has come up, you're quite right, in terms of the podcast quite a lot. When you had sent this recommendation through, there's an, another book that's just come out, which is by a friend of mine, Chris Dolan, who was the very first guest on the Read All About It podcast. And it's a book called Everything Passes, Everything Remains. And it's subtitled Freewheeling Through Spain, Song and Memory. And it's him and two of his friends who basically cycled, I think, from Vigo to Valencia or vice versa, across Spain, busking in the footsteps of Laurie Lee. Chris and his friend had tried doing it in the early 70s and it had turned out to be an abject failure. So he'd always wanted to, to do this again. And the book is about, about memory, about obviously Laurie Lee's original journey, which was in Spain just right about the time of the, I think just maybe before the Spanish Civil War. His trip in the 70s, which was just right about the time when Franco died, and then now Spain. So it's a trip about him 
about his memory, but also about Spain and his two friends about getting big grown older. It's the sort of book I think when I saw that recommendation, Marissa Humphreys, I thought this that book from Chris Dolan, I think you would really enjoy it. Because again, it's more than just a book about he travelled from A to B, played a couple of tunes and then moved on. It's a really in-depth book about, you know, spending a bit of time with yourself and thinking about things that have gone in the past and how they affect you now. Definitely be one that I'll read. I'd heard you talk about it before. I don't know if it was to Chris at the time, but I've heard that book come up and, and it'll definitely want to... Maybe your next podcast should be get him and Alistair Humphreys on and they can have a chat about how Laurie Lee's books inspired them both. I think it's worth pointing out that although Alistair Humphreys got, quote, a month off... This is how he makes his living, is through writing these books and doing these things to then sell books. It could be classed as work to a point. And also, he went, there was no food. He literally went, no credit card, nothing. He turned up in, in Spain with nothing, apart from a violin and his backpack, and then made his way across Spain that way. And I mean, it's not something that I would do, but it's, it's a really fascinating insight into somebody who's really pushing the limits of, of what they can achieve. It's, it's a really interesting book. It's definitely worth a read. Part of the podcast and, and this one is obviously as well as just asking for recommendations. I'm going to mention a book that I've read in 2020, okay. which is partly just to talk about the book, but maybe it's a recommendation for you. And the book that I've chosen is a book by a, a previous reader about it podcast guest called Doug Johnson. And the book is called A Dark Matter. I'll just start with reading the wee blurb in the back and then just, just go into it. And the reason why I think it's a, it's a great book. The blurb says, Meet the Skelfs, a well-known Edinburgh family proprietors of a long-established funeral home business and private investigators. When patriarch Jim dies, it's left his wife Dorothy, daughter Jenny and granddaughter Hannah to take charge of both businesses, kicking off an unexpected series of events. Dorothy discovers mysterious payments to another woman, suggesting that Jim wasn't the husband she thought he was. Hannah's best friend Mel has vanished from university and the simple adultery case that Jenny takes on leads to something stranger and far darker than any of them could imagine. I read this book on the back of talking to Doug and he was, he's now brought out there's a, a, a second book in the series called The Big Chill and then he, during lockdown he wrote the first draft of the third book in this series and it's a brilliant idea. He, a few years ago he'd spent six months as a writer in residence at a firm of funeral directors in Edinburgh and although he didn't initially the, the novel didn't initially come out of that he hadn't intended to do any fiction work I think eventually he's went back and he's tapped into that so I think the whole idea Three generations of women, which is great. They're three great characters. And, you know, there's three, three or four different cases that all are all involved in. Some are tied in with the, the death of the kind of patriarch. And it's just a brilliant idea. I'll be absolutely amazed if this book isn't turned into a TV series because it's, it's funny, it's dark, it's a crime novel. Uh, but it's, as I say, it's got these three strong female characters. And I actually read it. On the plane to Sarajevo, I was travelling out there with Celtic. We were going to play a game in Bosnia. And so I'd taken the book and started it on the plane. Even before we returned to Glasgow, I had finished it because it was just one of those books that I just couldn't put down. Like a lot of these books, it's told the three different female characters of all of our boys in it. And because they are those three different generations, you know, they really play off each other really well. And I've got the big chill, you know, mentioned about my list, never-ending list of books to read. I'm going to read it quite soon. And I think as a, as a crime series, I think you would really enjoy it. I actually listened to the podcast that, that he was on with you and I, at the time it did spark my interest. So it's good to know that you're, you've done the work already and read it and said, yeah, go for it. Is it the three voices as well throughout the book? Or is yeah. it told from one perspective? No, it's the three different generations of female characters, which I think is really good as well. It's the th- three females are investigating the crimes. Obviously, 
you know, particularly in this first one, the crimes or, or the, the three different things they're investigating are touched in terms of their own personal life. There's a personal involvement of how they, okay. they end up in it. And they, they hadn't really, none of them had really get involved in this. It's a kind of strange funeral home stroke private investigators, but the husband had originally started it as a way of trying to earn more money for the business. And none of them had really been involved in it much before they suddenly get involved through his death. So it's kind of their learning almost on the job. There's elements of, I don't know if you remember, the Six Feet Under, the American. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Love that TV show, yeah. Which, again, was set in a, a film of funeral director. So there's elements of that where it's quite dark, but there is dark humour in it as well. And I, I think it's, it's a crime novel. It's a kind of family saga as well. And it's just one of those books that you just I just don't think you can, can put down. It was certainly one of really book, a book I really enjoyed reading in 2020. Definitely check that out because it sounds really good. There's two things though, I think one, if we're going to get a month off or anything, it might be just to catch up with reading and not necessarily walk across Spain because uh, there's so many great books to read. Uh, and secondly, if Mrs. Keeley's listening to this at any point, uh, I'm sorry that Six Feet Under came up because now she's thinking about the end of that TV series and that always makes her cry even 10 years later. So thanks for that, Paul. <laughs> it's funny, I was actually talking to a guest, I can't remember who it was in a recent podcast, they were saying they just liked the idea of taking a week off work, a reading week, and just having that luxury which again I think it was more aspirational rather than being able to do it but just like just taking a week off doing nothing except reading and that's what you do that's your holiday and I think that sounds magic. That sounds like the sort of thing that the government should introduce as far as I'm (laughs) concerned everyone should have a week off just to read. Yeah book therapy it's the future. Yes maybe I crack that uh, Don Diallo book Underworld that you keep telling me I should read which is 900 pages and I haven't got time for. If you read even the first section which is about 130 pages. It's one of the best fictionalised accounts of a sporting event that I've ever read in a book. Is this the, the game where the, the shot her around the world or something? Yeah, the baseball yeah. game. And it, yeah. the, base, the baseball is a thread that runs through the whole novel, but that first description of the game, the stadium and everything, is just it's brilliant writing. So even if that's the only bit you read of the book, I would recommend that. Right, well, if you can speak to my boss about getting me a week off just to read, I will do that. Very so no problem. We're on to your favourite fiction read of 2020, and it's a, it's a crime novel that you've chosen, and it's a book called Dark Town by Thomas Mullen. Although I read this this year, it came out in 2016, and it was recommended by Amazon uh, as a things we think you'll like based on all the other crime books that I've had on my list uh, with Amazon over the years. And I got it for Christmas about two or three years ago. And it just sat on the shelf. Other things came in. Ian Rankin would have a new book out or whatever. And there were, it always just sat there. It's a beautiful looking book. The cover's lovely. And I don't know why I didn't go to it, but I, I just kept passing it by and passing it by. And then this year, I just needed a new book and I decided to start it. Interestingly, I started it at the time that the Black Lives Matter movement was really prominent on the news every day. And um, obviously there's lots going on in America regarding George Floyd and that whole situation. I picked the book up to read it and I'll read the back. So it's set in Atlanta in 1948 and it says one side of the tracks are rich white neighbourhoods, the other dark town, the African-American area guarded by the city's first black police force of just eight men. These cops are kept near powerless by the authorities. Most of all, they can't arrest white suspects. When a poor black woman is killed in Darktown, having last been seen with a rich white man, no one seems to care except for Boggs and Smith, two black cops from vastly different backgrounds. Under pressure from all sides, they risk their jobs, the trust of their community, and even their own lives to investigate her death. It is a fantastic read. 
when I was on your podcast originally, we had a conversation around how crime fiction sometimes is just crime fiction for the, for the sake of it. And it doesn't necessarily teach us anything about the world. And that's okay, because sometimes it's, it's just a fun thing to read and, you know, brilliant thrillers, etc. This is the other side of that. This is crime fiction teaching us about society. I don't know if the eight black cops section of the police force is based on anything real. I haven't done any research into that to find out. But if everything about it feels real, the way the society is set up, the way the black communities in the book are treated, spoken about, the fact that they're virtually powerless. And reading it at that specific time when uh, the George Floyd case and, and others were, were so um, prominent, it really, really made me think about the way those communities were treated and still are treated and how some of the things in this book although very heightened, still go on now. And there's still a lot of work to do to, to change that. And it's a, it's a really fascinating, it's a, it's a great crime book. There's, you know, there's twists and turns and great detectives in it and, and really good characters, but also from a society perspective, really, really good. Because I think it's the, again, we were just checking up on it before we did this podcast, I think it's the first book and there's three in the series so far. The second one was called Lightning Men and the third one, Midnight Atlanta. And I was reading a, a thing in the Washington Post. It was a review of Dark Town. It was, and so I think in almost immediate post-war Atlanta, that's when the police service in the city first started recruiting black officers. So I think that is the, the basis of truth, which, again, what I love about sometimes when you read a novel, and it's, I don't know whether Thomas Mullen has just read that line somewhere and thought, that's a brilliant idea to start off in terms of a, a crime series. What was really interesting was that the Washington Post review kind of touched on what you said was, it's as relevant now what was going on then in 1948 as, as in 2020, which is just one of the great tragedies of American society, I suppose. It really is. And it, I almost felt like I wanted to recommend it to everybody, particularly at that time, to sort of say, look, the country's not really moved on in the way that either it's talked about it has or every, you know, the world would like it to. And look at what these people went through. And obviously it's fiction, but it's very clearly based in, in reality. And it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good read. Interestingly, I noticed as well, again, I don't know whether this might be put on hold given what's been going on in the world, but I know Jamie Foxx and, and Sonny Pictures TV, they must have the rights to it because uh, I think if you go, even if you just go on Amazon and check, it says it's soon to be a forthcoming TV series. So that may be, that may be something to look forward to in 2021. But certainly, I say even just that, when you were reading that blurb in the back, I think when you read something like that as a reader, if you pick that up in a, a bookshop, you think, I'm definitely going to read that. So uh, it's certainly one I'm, I'm going to investigate. I'll um, I'll send it up to you. You've now said that publicly, so I'm going to hold you to yeah. that. Well, yeah, you have to. That's fine. Uh, I'll send it up to you when I send, when I send you a copy of mine. We'll, uh, I'll make sure it's in the same packet. Excellent. Well, that, was, that kind of almost leads us seamlessly on to, to my final question just at the end of this podcast, because obviously... I think when we spoke before in terms of your own writing, you know, we're getting to the end of 2020, but you, you'd already you published one novel, which I think is, is going to come out again, but you also, there's another one that's, that's hopefully, certainly for 2021, might be in the pipeline as well. Yeah, so Suburb, my first novel is, well, I've actually, I've got proof copies of that now in paperback, which has never been in paperback before, and I'm, I'm just waiting on, it needs a couple of tweaks, nothing major, and then that should be ready. It was supposed to be ready in May, but I don't know if you've heard, Paul, but 2020 has been quite busy. So <laughs> it's, uh, I got a bit distracted. And then Running and Jumping, which is my Olympic rivalry novel, is currently with the editor. 
and we're not far off having a conversation about her thoughts on it versus my thoughts on it. And um, hopefully that'll be ready for early 2021 as well. Just a case of time. These things are not always move as fast as we would like. But yeah, it's uh, it's getting there, which is the main thing. They're, they're nearly done. We'll look forward to that. And uh, no doubt in the course of 2021, you will uh, be back on the podcast in some shape or form. If you're happy to have me, I'm happy to come on. Excellent. But uh, thanks for being the latest guest on the, the 12 Days of Book Missing, your, your favourite fiction and non-fiction read of 2020. Okay, cheers. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for listening to the 12 Days of Bookness, a special Read All About It podcast series that is so special it even has its own theme tune. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave a review which will help other book lovers find us. And I hope you can join me, Paul Cuddy, on the next episode. In the meantime, keep reading. Keep reading.